0: Hello, my name is Wayne McGahee, the III, host of Locked On Seminoles on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the second episode of the Locked On Seminoles podcast, and I hope you listened to the first and you enjoyed it and you're back again. If this is your first time listening, a little bit about myself. I've covered Florida State for the past four seasons, uh, football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. I started out as, the, uh, as an intern on the Florida State Scout site, OldDigest.com. In 2014, and I worked my way up to being the publisher of that site, and then I got the job with the Tallahassee Democrat in 2016, and I've been in that position ever since. Uh, I cover every single football game, home and away. Uh, I've been to every single game since uh, the start of the 2016 season, and I cover practice, any, any, basically any media availability that Florida State has. I'm there. Florida State had practice today, where some uh, offensive players and the offensive coordinator spoke, and we'll discuss that in a little uh, a little while. Just what they said and how things are going, because the offense has been a pretty big concern for the Seminoles. But um, you know, I also cover home basketball games. I covered the lead eight run for the Seminoles in uh, in LA and Nashville for the 2017-2018 basketball season and I cover baseball. Um, I was out in Omaha for the College World Series in 2017. So you know, I, if if you're looking for a podcast to listen to where people are around the program, they know what they're talking about, this is the podcast for you because I'm constantly around this program and this athletic department. But um, jumping, you know, jumping right in, we'll talk about you know, what the offense uh what the offensive players and coaches said during during today's media availability we'll discuss what happened during practice today Florida State ran no drills which is always interesting to see because there's a lot of one-on-one battles um that uh that you know have some pretty big ramifications not on like how 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 the team is going to play but just how it affects you know my thoughts on on certain players, and um, there were some, some interesting things that came out of that. We'll also discuss uh, Willie Taggart and what uh, what he did at practice today that I thought kind of stood out and maybe maybe concerned me a little bit. Um, but just jumping right in, the you know offense has been a, a big issue for the Seminoles. To, to start the season. Florida State did not score a touchdown against Virginia Tech despite multiple opportunities. They went one for four in the red zone with only three points. Against Sanford, that was a lot better. Ended up scoring, uh, scoring 29 points on the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So with what the Seminoles have going, going for them um, is that it did look a lot better against Sanford especially at the end it looked a lot better against Sanford at the end of the game than it did you know against Virginia Tech and that's that's going to come Florida State is going to continue to progress on offense despite the offensive line which we talked about extensively yesterday but I'm going to continue to hit on it because it's such a big issue but with um, you know the offense is going to continue to get better as the team and the players get used to to running the system that uh, that Willie Taggart wants to run and running at the tempo, and once they get that down, once you know it, it it's one thing to do it in practice against you know, your defense, but it's another. It's a completely different, separate thing to do it in a game against a defense that you haven't faced day in, day out, that you don't really know what's going, you know, what they're going to do. And right now, against Virginia Tech, I, I really thought that that was a that was a major issue. You know, they they weren't ready for the moment, um, and I, I do think that against Samford, they at the start of the game they weren't ready for the moment again. Uh, but I did think that it got better later in the game. Um, one area where I think Florida State is going to get a lot better at, and the coaches and the players talked about it today, is DeAndre Francois is is working through becoming better at 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 making the reads in the read option game uh florida state when they do run that play francois has the option to give to the running back to keep the ball or to make a pass out to the flat and against virginia tech i mean he really really struggled when it came to making those reads i mean really struggled he made the wrong read pretty consistently um and it cost Florida State a, a lot of yards and a lot of tempo and a lot of momentum um, at certain times. Against Samford, he still made mistakes. There was a there was a third down play where Florida State had it uh, third and one, and Francois threw a ball out to the flat. Walt Bell said today that if he had handed that ball off, it probably would have gone for 80 yards and touchdown. Um, just because the way the hole lined up and everything. So he's, he's working through it, but it's getting better. You can see the signs. You saw it when he, uh, when he kept the ball on his touchdown run, his eight-yard touchdown run. The entire Samford defense keys in on the running back. They don't even consider the option that Francois is going to keep the ball, and he runs just completely wide open into the end zone because nobody expected it. I, you know, when I when I watched that play originally, I was looking at the running back. And I was like, oh well, here, here comes another two, two yard loss, and then Francois is dancing into the end zone. So, you know, I nobody considered Francois keeping the ball because he just hadn't done it. Um, and, but it's not all about running the football. It's, all, it's, it's about you know, making the right decision and handing off when you can and then getting the ball out to the flat when that's the right play. And as Francois continues to get better at making those reads, because um, Walt Bell pointed this out, is that he, he didn't really have that opportunity in the spring you know, when players like Florida State did, didn't hit their quarterbacks throughout all of fall camp. But in the spring, he also didn't get the reps doing that because he, or or in the scrimmages, because he wasn't fully healthy. So he's really learning how to run this offense and make those decisions uh, off of a training camp where he didn't get hit. And now he's having to do it where, you know, know, things are flying at him, defenders are coming at him, um, Florida State turns a defender loose, or, you know, there's, there's pressure from somewhere he's having to make those decisions on the fly and he really struggled with it at first and that's going to you know as he continues to get better that's going to open up so many things in the offense it's going to make the running backs look better it's going to make the offensive line look better because right now when Francois is handing off and he makes the incorrect read and there's a, a you know negative play it looks bad on the offensive line but sometimes it's actually on Francois not making the right read so once that as that continues to get better, Florida State's going to continue to be able to add more on the offense. They're going to be able to run more tempo and they're going to be able to open things up in the running game and the passing game so I against Syracuse we'll have to see um we're going to talk a little bit about you know their defense and how this is a really a perfect opportunity for Florida State to you know get things going and 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 make some progress on the offensive side of the ball because Syracuse defense isn't very good um, but we'll, we'll we'll jump into that a little bit later in the podcast. but you know we talked with um, you know we talked with some offensive linemen today uh, just about some of the offensive issues that Florida State's having, and Willie Taggart said that it's more of a technique issue than a physical issue um, in his press conference on Monday. I'm not sure that I agree with that. I do think that there's a lot of technical issues that Florida State's that's facing Florida State right now, but there's also not a whole lot of want to. There's not a whole lot of fire up front right now where Florida State's just driving off the ball saying I'm bigger than you, I'm better than you and I can go out and get it. I think their confidence is a little shot right now, and that's something that's really uh, I think that's that's something that's really affecting their ability to You know, to to do what they want to do up front, and it doesn't help that the number of combinations um, that Florida State's had. I mean, Florida State's you know was supposed to start the season with Landon Dickerson, Cole Minshew, Alec Eberly, Derek Kelly, and then uh, Jawan Williams on the offensive line, and they ended um, they ended Saturday's, Saturday's game with just I mean, with four. Completely different players. I mean, Alec Eberly was the only one at the end of the game that was still that was still um, that was still playing. Florida State had three centers and a converted defensive tackle in the game at that point, and it uh, you know and the the one player, uh, the one other player that wasn't listed is Derek Kelly, and he started out at guard and he was playing right tackle by the end of the game. So there are some issues there. The offensive lineman tried to downplay that, say that it wasn't a big deal that they you know they've worked with all the other guys, but offensive line synergy is extremely important, having confidence that the guy that you're next to is going to make his play, and right now there's just not a lot of confidence in that uh, and I think that's that's you know been a pretty big issue um, but you know the offensive line seems to be getting a little more healthy. Cole she was back out at practice today and you know that that's going to help Florida State because he is uh, especially in the run game because he is a mauler in the run game so that should uh, that should really help Florida State get back out to it and in the in the second uh, segment of the podcast we're going to talk a little bit about what happened during Florida State's practice but first The wait is over. Football's here. The NFL season is here, and that means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play for you. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. I enjoy playing fantasy football with my friends, and FanDuel has made that easier than ever. Uh, I like to brag, uh, even though I've started 0-1 to the season thanks to James Conner. Yeah, I really appreciate that one, Le'Veon Bell. But, um, I'm 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 excited. I enjoy playing fantasy football with my with my friends and FanDuel's made that so much easier. Or maybe you just don't wanna play against anyone. Maybe you wanna take and try and beat a, a preset score. Well FanDuel has added that uh, new contest type where instead of having to come in at a top place among sea of competitors, you just have to beat a preset score, and anyone that beats that score wins money. It's pretty simple. New users with FanDuel also get a $20 bonus on when they make their first opponent. So make sure you go out, go to FanDuel.com, and uh, sign up because you know if you're in, into fantasy football and you're into having fun, there's no better place right now for it than FanDuel.com. Jumping right back into things with our second segment of the day. We're gonna be breaking down what happened at Florida State practice today and it was a it was a fairly eventful practice. Florida State ran Knoll Drills, which is a it's a it's a segment Part of practice where Florida State lines up an offensive lineman against a defensive lineman, then moves five uh, five to ten yards downfield and sets up a linebacker against a tight end, then moves five to ten yards downfield and sets up a cornerback against a, a wide receiver or a defensive back against a wide receiver, and basically the play design the design is that a quarterback hands off to the running back and the offensive players have to beat the defensive players and the running back has to score so it's there's a lot of one-on-one battles but there's also, you know, times that players come up and make plays. And uh there were some interesting uh interesting results. Uh, I thought it was a very good sign that Jawan Williams who has been uh p- who's played pretty poorly to, you know, start the season in his first uh, you know, his, f- his first uh outings as a Florida State offensive lineman he's starting at left tackle. He um he beat Genarius Robinson and pushed him downfield on the first rep, and I thought that was a good sign for him. He needs all the confidence that he can get, and um, you know it, it was it was an up and down day for the offensive line. Uh, Derek Kelly had a really nice rep against Wally Imey, and um, you know Brady Scott had a good initial rep against Dennis Briggs, although Scott lost his balance at the end and Briggs was able to chase him down from behind. Uh, one of the uh, probably the biggest surprise of the day for me was how. How well Chaz Neal did in the one on ones. He won reps against Malcolm Lamar and Xavier Peters, which is extremely surprising because you know Lamar is a very very large human being and Peters is a lot uh, a lot more quick, titch, uh, quick twitch, a lot more of a quick twitch guy. Finally said that right. Thanks for your patience there. Um, but you know Chaz Neal today did, did a really good job, and I think that's you know that that's that was extremely surprising considering. That Chaz Neal was originally committed to Florida State as a defensive end, but he wasn't—you uh, know—he wasn't a really highly rated recruit for the Seminoles. Um, he was Florida State's, I believe, Florida State's lowest ranked um, recruit from last last cycle, and Florida State basically told him that you know after the coaching change that if you're going to be on this team, it's going to be as an offensive tackle. So he's had to make the transition from defense to offense, and. You know, there there weren't a lot of expectations for him coming in, but I was I was actually very impressed with what I saw from him surprisingly, and um, I thought that was that was pretty interesting. The defense, the defensive line, um, you know, they had their uh, their had they had their share of wins as well. Marvin Wilson had a fantastic rep against Mike Arnold, where DeKalen Brooks uh, also came down. um and, and help make the stop, but Mike uh, Marvin Wilson looked really, really good in that rep. I I think he's going to end up starting. He was working with the the first team uh, during practice today, so I think he's I think he's going to end up and finally move into that starter's role. He's, he was limited against Virginia Tech because he's still, he was still recovering from the MCL injury that he had in the spring, but you know he got more reps against Sanford and looked really good, and then he's continued to look really good. So I think we're going to see him a lot more in the next coming weeks as he continues to recover from that knee injury and gets more confidence, uh, which is always a good sign because he is an extremely, extremely talented player. Uh, Corey Durden had a great rep against Arthur Williams. Uh, he shed the block, made the tackle. It, it, it's really impressive to see how far he's come since since last year. He had an excellent spring. He had an excellent fall camp, and he's been really, really good when he's gotten onto the field. He's backing. Up, I think he'll be backing up Marvin Wilson at this point, um, just from what I saw during practice and where where the players were lined up. So yeah, I think we're going to see a little bit more of him. But he was he was very impressive. During those Knoll drills today, Fred Jones had an. had the most dominant rep of the um, of, of the entire null drills, where he just stood Baby on Johnson up, shed him, and then made the tackle in the backfield. I mean, it was extremely impressive from Fred Jones, who was working more behind Demarcus Christmas uh, today during practice. Um, from what we were able to see, uh, I thought Trey McKinney who's been very, very good. I mentioned him as one of my three players to watch, um, or three players that have been standing out during practice, um, during practice in yesterday's segment, which is going to go on every Monday. We do a three up, three down. But uh, Trey McKitty was one of them, and he did a very, very good job on blocking Dontavious Jackson he moved him he, got him, he got him turned, and the running back was able to go right by. It was a very impressive block from a guy who I've been extremely impressed with so far. Uh, during practice, Florida State's offensive line, obviously we're going back to the offensive line because it's been such a big issue for the Seminoles, but they, the um, coaches separated the left tackles from the rest of the offensive line the left tackles were working strictly with uh one of the uh, offensive line graduate assistants while greg fry was uh working with the other you know other four positions but the left the left tackles it was Jawan williams at first uh and then it was brady scott abdul bellow and jalen goss the true freshman who who were working at those positions, who was working off to the side. You know, left tackle has been a pretty big issue for the Seminoles. Uh Juwan Williams, as I mentioned earlier, has not been good uh through the first two games. But he was he, he you know they've got they've got to find a way to get some confidence they've got to find a way to build that up and they they've got a lot of work to do but uh, I thought it was interesting very interesting that Florida State split the offensive line to try and you know work out some of those kinks alone work on technique and feet and where you know where they're putting their hands and where they're putting their feet in you know, in more of an individualized setting rather than just having the offensive line as a whole go and have Coach Fry you know try to identify what's going on while also trying to coach the rest of the offensive line. So I thought that was an interesting way to um, a way to go about it. At the end of the open media period, we were also able to to see a little. Not, not one-on-ones, but a little seven-on-seven with the wide receiver and defensive backs. Uh, DJ Matthews made a really nice play where he stuck his foot in the ground and beat uh, Hamza Nasruddin on the way to the end zone. Um, may, you know, Hamza was going one way, he was going the other. It was a really nice play, and it just emphasizes that Florida State does need to get him the ball a little more than they have so far. Uh, NyQuan Murray made a really nice play, beating Kyle Myers on an outside route, and then cut it back as well to make a nice play on the way to the end zone. But mostly, it was the defensive backs getting the best of the offense. Uh, those were the you know two really nice plays. But you know, Florida State still has a long way to go in in getting the coordination up on offense. Uh, you know, outside blocking in addition to the offensive line needs to be needs to be much better than it has been so far and I think that's a that's a pretty big issue for the Seminoles next um, in the next segment we'll discuss what happened uh, at practice with coach Taggart Taggart today and something that I thought was you know maybe a little concerning until after it happened and then you know things got noticeably better so we'll talk about that we'll also uh Talk a little bit about how Florida State's offense matches up with the Syracuse defense and what's going on there. But first, one of the most frequent questions that I get, you know, from you know being in the media and covering the team, is people asking me for for betting advice. And usually, it's whether or not to bet on the Seminoles, whether or not to bet on the Seminoles. And the truth is, I don't know. As evidence, by going zero and two against the spread against. Uh, You know, with with Florida State's games against Virginia Tech and Samford, yeah, I was completely wrong on both of those. But, hey, you know, we got another chance to get into the win column this week against uh, Syracuse, but you'll have to stay. And um, you'll have to stay tuned to this Locked On Seminoles podcast, and uh, I'll have my prediction for the game later in the week. But I wouldn't take it to the bank. It, but if you think you know how things are going to go, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as, impor- as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, guys. They're the best bet this season. This, they've been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. You know, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie. You win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's my bookie, and, use use, and don't forget to use the promo code locked on. That's locked space on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. But as we head into our final segment, um, I want to talk to you a, a little bit about you know what happened to practice today with Coach Taggart. They came out. They were doing no drills and. I mean, it, it. There was a little bit of energy. There wasn't a lot of energy in the practice. There, you know, players weren't jumping around like they had been. Players weren't, you know, didn't seem excited to be there. So, Coach Taggart stopped the music, brought the players together, and then spoke to them. We couldn't really hear what he was, what he was having to say, but it. it, it we did, you know, I could hear certain things, and he was talking about how there wasn't any energy at practice, how players weren't going out and celebrating the big plays in no drills when a defensive player made a big stop or a big block by the wide receiver and the running back was able to spring free, and the players weren't supporting each other, and he wasn't happy about it. So he stopped to practice brought the team together, and a- after that, the energy really picked up for the rest of the time that we were able to see. The energy was extremely high, so I thought it was really good for Coach Taggart to, you know, really notice that immediately. Like, we weren't, you know, so far into practice. We'd, uh, the media had only been allowed, allowed access for a couple minutes at that point when, you know, when he stopped practice and brought the, and brought the team out. And brought the team together and talked to them about that. But I thought it was really smart of him to to make sure he was paying attention to that, and he really got the got the energy going for uh, for the rest of practice. And I thought that was that was a pretty big thing, um, at least for you know a confidence standpoint. Because you know right now there's not a lot of confidence with this football team after the you know the the one and one start, you know with the loss to Virginia Tech and the come from behind win over Sanford. So I thought it was really smart on his part for him to take and you know try to build that up and try to get the energy flowing again and get the players back to having fun. So I thought that was a uh, a pretty smart thing on his part, but n- next we're going to jump into what, you know, what Florida State should be able to do on on offense against Syracuse. Now, Syracuse defense is not very good. They're not very good. This is a really good opportunity for Florida State to come out and get some reps and get some confidence on the offensive side of the ball. Western Michigan uh, Syracuse beat Western Michigan 52 or 55 to 42 and Western Michigan averaged um, uh, averaged what was it eight eight yards a play nine yards a play. Um, I'm pulling it up real quick. They averaged 9.7 yards per play against Syracuse Western Michigan. You know they they averaged eight yards a run and ten point five yards per pass. Yeah, this is this is a a perfect opportunity for Florida State to get things going because Syracuse. I mean, like I said, they're they're not they're not very good. Um, you know they they gave up right now it through through both games. They played Wagner in the second game. It wasn't uh, you know it wasn't nearly as bad. Wagner is obviously not a very good football team, but right now you know Syracuse is still giving up 6.5 6.6 yards per play which is you know horrendous for a defense Florida State's defense right now with all the big plays they've you know they've gave given up or is only allowing 5.8 yards per play on uh, on defense so you know, when you consider that Syracuse is almost giving up an entire yard more per play that that's <laughs> it's it's obviously not very good and it it's something that Florida State's going to have to take advantage of if Florida State can't move the ball and put the ball in the end zone against this defense uh, you know we're already, we've already lowered our expectations for what this season will be after the first two games but if Florida State can't put up points against this defense it's i mean we're we're looking at a case where Florida State might not be bowl eligible um this is this is this game's going to be very telling obviously you know Syracuse is a big step up in competition for from the offensive side of the ball uh we'll get into that tomorrow during tomorrow's podcast but on defense I mean this might be the worst defense Florida State has faced so far including Sanford it's obviously worse than Virginia Tech it might be worse than Sanford so this is a this is a really good opportunity for Florida State to gain some confidence, go out and see if it can't produce. DeAndre Francois needs to continue to get better. They need to find ways to get the ball in the hands of DJ Matthews. They need to find ways to get the ball in the hands of Tomorrow Ontari. And Cam Akers needs to stop uh stop dancing in the backfield and start hitting the holes like he is capable of. He's he's trying to make too big of a place and he's pressing at this point, though, you know, he said he wasn't today um but it's 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 very clear that he is at this point, but Florida State's got to do a better job of you know of of just getting the offense going as a whole when we spoke to when we spoke to the offense today i mean we were talking there was like five or six different things that came up as for reasons why the offense isn't you know getting going it's not just one thing, so they there' with so many issues. Florida State's going to have to focus on getting one thing better and then fixing the next and then fixing the next. It's going to be a process, but this is a game where Florida State can work through those options. Um, you know, but this is also a game where Florida State's going to have to keep up because the Syracuse offense is going to score points. And if Florida State can't score points against this defense, like I said, it's, uh, it could, you know, we could be in for a really rough season, even more so than what we thought at the, um, <laughs> after the first two games coming up tomorrow um we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what happens at practice we'll be back out at practice tomorrow we get to talk to the defensive coordinator Harlan barnett and some of the defensive players we're not sure which defensive players we'll get yet but um they've been you know really really good about getting getting uh, multiple players from multiple different positions and guys that we really want to talk to out there for us this year so shout out to the florida state sports information department for that we really appreciate the hard work there um but we'll I'll be back talking about talking about just uh, what they what they had to say, what happened at practice, and we'll talk about how Florida State's defense matches up with the Syracuse offense, and how much I think uh, you know what Florida State is doing on the offensive side of the ball is going to help Florida State's defense defend what Syracuse does. But for now, that'll be all for today's podcast. Remember, I'm Wayne McGahee, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat, host of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. This has been the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, make sure to give us a like or give, um, you know, follow us or subscribe on whatever podcast system you use to download your podcast. It, would go, it goes a long way, and it's really appreciated. But that's everything that I have for today. Thanks for listening.